Welcome to Builder Funnel Radio. Here you'll learn about how to grow your home building, remodeling, or contracting business. If you're not growing, you're moving backward. So we want you to always be in growth mode. This podcast has really turned into a movement and community of people who want to grow personally and professionally. Here we bring you some of the best marketing, sales, and business minds in the industry so you can elevate your business. All right, let's dive into the show. Hey, and welcome back to Builder Funnel Radio. If you don't know me, I'm Spencer Powell. I'm the CEO over at Builder Funnel, and our marketing agency helps remodeling companies build sustainable, repeatable marketing systems. And at this point, those have generated well over $150 million in remodeling projects for our clients. This channel, Builder Funnel Radio, is where we share what's worked for us in hopes that it'll help you grow as well. So don't forget to subscribe. And with that being said, let's dive in. We are sitting here in December and been doing some reflecting. I always like to look back and see if there are any lessons to be learned, anything that I can pull out from this year that we can use and move into next year. So I want to share some things that I've observed either from our own company or from some of our clients throughout this year. And my goal is that some of this will trigger some thoughts, some reactions, some things that you can use as we head into 2023. So I've got five of them today, five things that I've been thinking about. And the first one is thinking about the year kind of as analogous to sports as like, is this a draft year or are we making a run at the playoffs and the championship? And so I think in, in business, we go through seasons where you're building and seasons where you're really executing and striving and and kind of hitting a lot of those mile markers. And I think like a draft year, I was thinking about that, like in sports, you know, you're, you're drafting new players, you're making some trades, and then you're installing new plays, right? Maybe based on the new personnel you have, you have to run things differently, or you have different strengths than you used to, you figured out some new strategies and those types of things. And so you're, you're really in, you know, you always hear it in sports. It's, oh, it's a building year. It's a building year. And the goal is that you're making some of those key moves with the goal and the target in that you're not necessarily going to see all the, the fruits of those moves until maybe two or three years down the road. And so you're, it's a building year. And so I think it's been helpful for me to think of it this way, you know, because over the last few years, we've had a draft year. And then we also had a, you know, making a run at the playoffs type year. And they look very different. The making a run for a championship or or the playoffs and kind of using that analogy, I think it's more focused on heavy execution of the playbook. And you're not necessarily venting things. You're not necessarily changing your process a whole ton. Like, sure, you're going to make changes. You're going to make little tweaks and little pivots and everything, but you're not making major moves. And I think it's nice to have a blend of these. Obviously, in a perfect world, you'd always just be making a run, you know, for the playoffs and the championship every single year. But I think the reality of it is as you learn new things, you install new technology, you get bigger, it requires new systems, it requires new players, all of those types of things. And so you will have some some building years and some draft years. And anyway, I just wanted to share this concept because I've been thinking about it a lot for our company and it's it's been a helpful framework because it also, I think, when you know you're in a building year, it puts you in a better mental state to acknowledge that and just say, yeah, we're making a lot of change right now. 
And so we might be a little bit less profitable and we might be a little bit less efficient and we might be a little bit less seasoned in our personnel. But because of that, like what we're really focused on is like training people, making sure we're installing those new processes and following those processes and improving those processes a little bit and understanding that, hey, if we focus on that really, really heavy for a year, there's a good chance the following year will be more of a making a run at the, at the playoffs type of year. So just wanted to share that. That was something I've been reflecting on. The next thing I've been thinking about is efficiency. And efficiency can drive extreme profitability for a business. And I was thinking a lot about it in the context of what we've experienced in our industry the last couple of years. And almost everybody grew. It obviously wasn't 100%, but most companies grew and a lot of them grew really fast. But the thing is, a lot of companies that grew really fast could have probably grown at least another 25%. And that's on top of the growth that they were already experiencing. And if you think about it, it's because there were so many slowdowns or different challenges. One of the complaints and challenges was lack of skilled labor. You know, the other challenge was supply chain issues. And when you kind of go down that list of things that that slowed things down, there were some things that were out, outside of control just on a on a day-to-day, week-to-week company level. But there were some things that were within our control. And so if you had some skilled labor, but you could have reworked your process and how you layered on different projects and you could have gotten faster and maybe you could have completed four projects in the same time you usually could complete three. Just percentage-wise, going from three to four is a 33% increase. And so if you just figure all those jobs are the same size, that's a 33% increase in revenue But if you could do it with your existing staff, you just went faster. All of that drops the bottom line or nearly all of it. And so I've just really been thinking a lot about efficiency lately and and thinking about what can we all do within our businesses to drive more speed, more speed to completion. And obviously there's a balance there. You don't ever want to sacrifice quality. But I think, you know, a lot of us, we could probably look at our operations. I know I've been looking really closely at this and we're super excited going into next year because kind of rethinking it for the size that you are now, the resources you have, if you kind of just zoom out and start looking at this, this problem, there are some great, great opportunities to drive major efficiency and and major profit along with it. That's another thing that I've been reflecting on this year. Third on the list is something I've talked about in the past, but it has been on my mind for probably two years now, and that is the concept of who, not how. And there's a great book on it. I didn't invent it or anything like that, but it has been life-changing for me. And it's just thinking about when a problem hits your desk or comes your way, you don't always need to be the person to solve it. You can find the company, the person, the resource that can solve it for you. So instead of thinking, how do I solve this problem? thinking who can help me solve this problem or who can just solve this problem for me. And maybe you don't even need to be involved. And so I think the first step to really leveraging this concept is when that problem hits is just going, okay, this is something that needs to be solved. And then 
identifying it as that problem and then working towards, okay, who's going to, who's going to solve this. And if you start from it, not being you, then it makes the problems a lot of times a lot easier to deal with. I think that first step of just acknowledging that you have a problem that needs to be solved is the biggest one. Cause sometimes it's, it's bigger things, right? It's not just, Oh, this happened on the job site. We need to solve this problem. I feel like it's bigger stuff. Like I just grew from two to three and a half million over the last two years. And now I have a different overhead structure and the way we project manage our, our jobs is not working. You know, they're like larger things. And so you're kind of just in it because you're growing so fast and you, you know, you don't necessarily see it as more of a global problem. It just is kind of these little things that you're solving day to day, week to week. But if you zoom out and go, okay, here's kind of where we're at. Hmm. I wonder who could help me solve this. Maybe I'll go talk to three different companies that are at three and a half to 4 million and talk about how they do it. Maybe I'll hire a coach or consultant and talk about how to run, you know, operations at this level versus at the $2 million level. Hey guys, I know that if you listen to Builder Funnel Radio, you are hyper aware of the fact that the way people shop and buy, it's changed dramatically over the years. And for the last 10 years, really since I started doing all this, helping my uncle's remodeling division scale up from about 2 million to 10 million, We've been helping remodelers and builders and contractors all over the country really refine their marketing systems. And I recently decided to kind of bottle all of that up into my first book. And that book is called The Remodeler Marketing Blueprint. And you can pick up a copy by going to the website, remodelermarketingblueprint.com. You can also search for it on Amazon or wherever books are sold online. But I highly recommend you go over to the website because we've got some cool book bonuses that go along with that if you pick up a few extra copies for your friends and colleagues or your teammates. So it would mean a lot to me if you've been listening to this podcast for a while or even just a few episodes, if you've ever gotten any value out of it, head over to remodelermarketingblueprint.com and snag your copy today. All right, let's get back to the show. And again, these are just examples, but I found that kind of zooming out and looking at my business and trying to identify like, what's the constraint right now? What is holding me back from growth? Is it marketing? Is it sales? Is it talent? Is it, you know, operations? Is it technology? Is it something else? I mean, if you can see the problem, then you can go, okay, now I'm going to go find that person that's already solved this and let's knock it out. So that's something I've, I've been reflecting on as we head into to the new year. Fourth, is this concept of strategy first, which you probably heard us talk a lot about when it comes to marketing is, you know, making sure that there's actually a strategy in place and then the tactics flow from that strategy. But really it applies to, to everything, not just marketing, you know, starting with the end in mind, looking at the resources that you have available to you, and then maybe some resources that you need to go get and you need to obtain that you don't have. And I think when you think about achieving an objective, if you think about it from a strategic approach, then it tends to open up a world of possibilities of like different paths to get to that result. And it doesn't just have to be with the things you have in right in front of you. It could be things that you could go hire, consult with, could be things that you buy, you know, to make the job easier or faster or anything like that. And so I think just that whole concept of applying strategy first in different areas 
has just been something that's been helpful to me. And I've been reflecting a lot on and just trying to achieve different objectives. And then the final thing is I've really made this shift this year, a little bit last year, but but definitely this year in my learning. And I've typically been somebody that, you know, reads, you know, 35 to 50, you know, business books every single year. I've done that for a long, long time. I've at this point read hundreds and hundreds of personal growth, personal development books, consume those. And, and I can attribute a lot of, you know, different milestones and objectives that I've achieved to that learning and that rapid learning. But now that I've gone through that, I think what I would have done is I still would have done that for a few years, but I wouldn't have done it for as many. And I would have made the shift to picking out the few books that I did read that I implemented some things from that had a good impact. And then recognizing like, I didn't even use a 10th of what was in that book. And so this year I've just been rereading, you know, a couple of books over and over again and implementing more and more and unlocking new insights and applying those things. And that has been a great transition for me because it's really shifted to, I think, a little bit heavier on the implementation side, but then also just kind of distilling. Like there are a lot of books where like, I could have probably just like got the summary of that book in like 10 minutes and didn't really need to read the whole thing. But if I went through and picked out like a handful of tactical things and used those with that concept, that would have been far more valuable than, you know, spending the the few extra hours to to knock out the the entire book just to like check it off. And so I think just freeing myself from this idea that, you know, I have to read X number of books every year to just saying, hey, actually there's there's been a handful over the years that were actually really, really good and relevant to me and relevant to my business or my life or whatever I'm trying to achieve. I'm just going to go back to those ones. So that was the fifth thing that I've been reflecting on recently. So I hope some of this has been helpful just in triggering some new thoughts or ideas or things that you can do as you kind of reflect over over the holidays and heading into the new year. I think it's always just kind of a natural time to reset or refocus and and get set up for, for the next year. With that being said, I will end it here and always look forward to hearing you guys and getting your comments when you email in. You can always do that over at radio at builderfunnel.com. And uh, with that, we'll see you next time here on Builder Funnel Radio. Thanks again for listening, everybody. And as a quick reminder, text RADIO to 33777 for some free goodies as a thank you for listening to the show. And if you got some value from today's episode, I just ask that you leave us a quick review on iTunes. It really helps us spread the word and grow this awesome community of people who are working to improve their lives and their businesses. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Builder Funnel Radio.